بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger we continue the explanation of the book of Tawheed from Sahih al-Bukhari and we have reached hadith number 472 and that is the hadith narrated by Aisha is the hadith narrated by Aisha may Allah be pleased with her and her father she said that the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam ba'atha rajulan ala sariyatin wa kana yaqra'u li ashabihi fi salatihi fayakhtimu biqul huwa Allahu ahad فلما رجعوا ذكروا ذلك للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال سلوه لأي شيء يصنع ذلك فسألوه فقال لأنها صفة الرحمن وأنا أحب أن أقرأ بها فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أخبروه أن الله يحبه And this hadith Aisha may Allah be pleased with her and her father said The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم sent an army unit under the command of a man who used to lead his companions in the prayers and would finish his recitation with قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say, O Muhammad, he is Allah, the one and unique, meaning Surah Al-Ikhlas, Surah 112. When they returned from the battle, they mentioned that to the Prophet ﷺ. He said to them, ask him why he does so. They asked him and he said, I do so. Because it mentions the qualities of the Ar-Rahman, of the Beneficent. And I love to recite it in my prayer. And I love to recite it in my prayer. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Tell him that Allah loves him. Tell him that Allah loves him. So here, the person who led the companions in the prayer, it said it is said here that he would finish with Qul Allahu Ahad finishing meaning each rakah he would recite this surah in each rakah making this to be the final recitation in his rak'ah. This is one possibility. The other, he would finish with it, with this recitation, the entire salah. So, according to the first possibility, if the salah is of the fourth type rak'ahs, four type Four rak'ahs meaning. This would mean he would recite this surah four times. Each in one rak'ah. According to the second possibility, he would do it only once. And from this, the learned scholars of Islam deduced the permissibility to combine 
two surahs in one single rak'ah. Two surahs in one single rak'ah, based on this hadith. The second point. This person who led the companions in the prayers, when he was asked by the, by the Prophet والسلام, as to why he does so, he said, لِأَنَّهَا صِفَةُ الرَّحْمَانِ Meaning that, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say that Allah is one and unique, is صِفَةُ الرَّحْمَانِ is the quality, attribute of the الرَّحْمَانِ the most beneficent. And he doesn't intend that to be uh, as the speech of Allah here. No, this is his quality. Because the speech of Allah is not particular to the saying, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say, Allah is one and unique. But rather, it comprises the entire Qur'an. So his intent here is, he did so because it تَشْتَمِلُ عَلَى صِفَةِ الرَّحْمَانِ Because this verse, comprises the attribute Sifa, which is Ar-Rahman Sifatul Rahman, the quality So all the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are comprised in this surah are comprised in this surah all the attributes The third point in this hadith is the affirmation of the sifa the attribute and this is the way of the righteous predecessors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is qualified with names and attributes listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in surah al safat 37 ta'ala Refuting the mushriks. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Subhana rabbik. Far is removed your Lord from all imperfection. The Lord of honor and power. From what they, look at this, from what they attribute unto him. This negation what they attribute unto him from the negative attributes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared himself glorified from this and in this itself is the conclusion of affirming the perfect attributes to himself the attributes to himself when Allah negated what they attribute to Him in this negation, there is an affirmation for His perfect attribute. And it is as such. The reality is that Allah is qualified with the most perfect attributes. As to this hadith, it is apparent. He said, this is Sifatul Rahman, the qualities of the most beneficent. Some people denied 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a quality, sifa. They said that the quality لا تقوم إلا بجسم They said that the quality is only established in a corpular body, quote-unquote. And this is impossible for Allah. So they used certain terms like corporal body, domain, direction, and the like of these statements through which the people of Ta'atil, the people of negation, ended up negating the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To conclude, then they want to say, based on such arguments, they said, لا نصف الله بصفة We don't attribute any quality to Allah, because this would necessitate, in their opinions, that Allah is a corporal body, and we know that a corporal body is an occurrence, and Allah is the first before Him, there is nothing. So if we affirm for Him the attribute, they said, this means we will affirm for Him corporal or occurrences, eternal ones. And this is impossible. This, is, this was their argument, of course. And through this type of so-called false glorification, they ended up negating Allah's attributes so we say to them what do you mean by this term jism corporal body what do you mean by this when you say this هل مرادكم بذلك الجسم المركب الذي يفتقر بعضه إلى بعض ويتجزأ do you mean by that a compounded body whose parts need each other and partitionable? Is this your intent? Or amuradukum bidalik? Or do you mean by this a shayul qaimu binafsihi al muttasifu bisifat al fa'ulimayurid? Or do you mean that this is the thing established by itself if you mean the latter one in the sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is established by himself qualified with the attributes and the one who does what he wants he comes and he descends he takes and he gives if you mean the former one, then we agree with you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be described with this meaning of jism, a compounded body with parts needing each other. We agree. And if you mean the latter one, then we describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by that and you call it whatever you call it 
you call it corporal body or otherwise we affirm to Allah that he is established by himself qualified with the most superlative attributes befitting him that he comes and he descends and he rises on the throne and he takes and he withholds and that he speaks we affirm this and we can never deny it because denying this is pure negation denying this is pure negation then on the other hand you say you say that no one is qualified with qualities except that he is a corporal body this is wrong contrasting reality even in fact there are things which are qualified with attributes there are things which are qualified with attributes while possessing no corporal body take for example the Arabic language take for example the Arabic language it is filled with descriptions of times meaning giving attributes or qualities to times take for example this night is long one this day is short can we say that the day and the night are corporal bodies the answer is no so they are qualified with attributes and this does not necessitate that they are corporal bodies also you say for example intense heat intense cold heat and cold are non-corporal bodies are not corporal bodies so your claim that attributes cannot be established except in corporal bodies is a futile claim where the language and the physical perceptions nullify such a claim and accordingly listen to this carefully totally denying the jism for Allah is wrong also affirming it for Allah is wrong in terms of the wording meaning the jism we cannot totally deny this term nor do we affirm it in terms of the wording in the terms of this word 
However, in terms of the meaning, if it stands to mean something which does not befit Allah, then it is dutiful to deny and to negate. And if the term is used, and if the term is used to mean something fitting to Allah, then it is true, however, we do not ascribe this term to Allah either by wording, we do not ascribe this term to Allah, neither by way of negation nor affirmation. Why we say this? لم يرد إثباتها ولا نفيها because there is nothing that came from textual proofs to affirm it or deny it is this clear now? is this clear inshallah? please put one now from the benefits of the hadith also We recap the first one is that affirming the attribute of Sifa to Allah Azza wa Jal. Second, affirming the love that Allah loves. That Allah loves. Where is this evidence? The evidence is in the last segment of the hadith, if we can have it, please. Where the Prophet said, Akhbiruhu anna Allah yuhibbu. Tell him. That Allah loves him. Tell him that Allah loves him. So this affirms that Allah loves. And this love is a real love. We must believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yuhib loves and the Quran is a testimony for this in many places Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in surah al-Imran in chapter 3 verse 76 in Verily Allah loves Al-Muttaqeen, the pious ones. Also, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Verily Allah loves those Muhsinin, those who are good ones, who, go, who do good. Also in Surah Al-Saf 61.4 إن الله يحب الذين يقاتلون في سبيله صفا. Verily Allah loves those who fight in His cause in rows ranks as if they were a solid structure. كأنهم بنيان مرصوص. And in Surah Al-Baqarah in chapter two, verse two two two. 
قال الله تعالى والله إن والله يحب التوابين ويحب المتطهرين. So often you hear many of the Christians come and say that Allah does not love. Allah loves those who turn unto Him in repentance and loves those who purify themselves. And in Surah Al-Ma'idah 5:54, فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه. Or who you believe, whoever from among you turns, turns back from his religion, from Islam, Allah will bring a people whom he will love and they will love him. Adjoining al-mahabba to Allah in the Quran is much more than adjoining it to the creature. Despite all of this, the people of ta'til, the people of negation from the Asha'ira and others, negated the attributes of mahabba by way of figurative type of negation. They said that love takes a place only between two of the same kind. They claim that love takes a place only between two of the same kind and that the creator and the created don't resemble each other. That's their claim. And the answer to this is easy. Love may take place between two of the similar, of the same kind, like the love of man to his wife, and her love to him. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Between the husband and the wife, Allah said, and he made between you love and mercy. And it also can take place between الجماد and man. الجماد Once again, Sister Muhammad. The inanimate and man. We know from the hadith, and this is hadith is sahih. The Prophet ﷺ said about Mount Uhud. The Prophet ﷺ said about Mount Uhud in Medina. Uhudun jabalun yuhibbuna wa nuhibbuh. Uhud is a mountain that loves us and we love it. You yourself, you may love some of your wealth over other types of your wealth. For example, you may have a nice pen whose tip is smooth in writing 
and does not penetrate the paper or flood it with ink and you have another one whose tip is hard penetrates the paper rough bringing forth sometimes thick writing sometimes thin writing which one of the two is more is more beloved to you certainly the first one you love it while it is animate inanimate it's a pen or you may have a watch which is not precise it hurts you concerning the timing and another one which is precise which one of them you love certainly the second one the latter one even with animals you see some of the animals like camels love their owners and they come close to him while others keeping away and you see man loving certain types of cattle because it's easy to him a camel for example and he does not love the other another one which is hard to handle so accordingly their claim now is refuted and I want to affirm that their denial of the attribute of al-mahabba of love is denial through figurative interpretation had it been a denial of the origin then that would be kufr meaning if they say that Allah does not love then this is kufr but they say he loves but the meaning of love is such and such through figurative interpretation they say that love means reward or the intend to give reward 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 is something created distinct and separate from Allah and no one denies that however the intent or the will is an attribute so they interpret the meaning of love as reward and this is distinct and separate from Allah and everyone agrees to that as to what is the meaning of reward or what it is however they make 
the love quote intent to give reward this is the other meaning they give to it intent to give reward this meaning of the irada of the will of Allah is incorrect because al-mahabba love is far more greater than the will al-mahabba love is superior to will you see the difference if you tell someone inna allaha yuhibbuk Allah loves you or you tell someone else that Allah intends to reward you which one is superior which one is superior that Allah loves you or the other one that Allah quote intends to reward you or wills to re- reward you which is superior certainly the first one is superior and more profound and its impact on the self is much greater than the latter one it brings tranquility to the heart so how come we negate the correct meaning of love and we affirm the will so this is an incorrect meaning for the love that the Ashaira and others gave to this great attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this hadith therefore affirms the love to Allah because he said the Prophet sallallahu verily Allah loves him and in the book and in the sunnah the mahabba of Allah sometimes it is addressing people particular people related to particular people and sometimes to actions and sometimes to places and sometimes to times example in this hadith it is related to a person this man who led the companions in the prayer أخبروه أن الله يحبه tell him that Allah loves him he is a person شخص and it is also related to the actions as the saying of the Prophet Allah. the most beloved to Allah from the actions is the salah established on its prescribed time and it's also related to qualities as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who are who do good now is there a difference between love 
and will or is there a binding relationship a necessitating relationship between the two question is there a difference between the will and love or there is a binding relationship or a necessitating relationship between the two the answer there is no necessitating relationship between the two no imperative one Allah may intend may will that which he does not love Allah may will that which he does not love and he subhanahu wa ta'ala may love that which he does not will and he may love that which he does not will and there is no imperative relationship between what he intended and between that which he loved meaning it is not that everything that Allah willed that he loves and the opposite is true now if someone asks the following question how come that Allah may will something which he does not love how come that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may will something which he does not love the answer because of wisdom and benefits entailed by that because of wisdoms and benefits entailed by that example since does Allah love sin Does Allah love sins? Let's have answers, please. Alhamdulillah. Fine. Alhamdulillah. No problem. Allah does not love sins. Now, did He will them to occur? Did He will them to occur by His universal will? question did he will them to occur naam he will them to occur they are occurring the occurrence of sin is evidence that he will them to occur yet he does not love sin and how come that he will them while he does not love them the answer is the benefit the benefit <clears throat> in in the physical perceptions a person can bring his son to a doctor 
and the doctor decides to amputate certainly the father dislikes that there is no doubt but there is a greater benefit and that's the cure from that particular illness in that particular part which may dissipate to the entire body and then cause a greater harm so there is a wisdom entailed also with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the best example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may will that which he dislikes because of a wisdom entailed in that and he may love that which he does not will he loves from us that we are believers in him establishing his commands and abstaining from his prohibitions but he may not intend this he may not will this because of a wisdom also because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided the creation into two types divided the slaves into two types the first type the believers the second the non-believers Allah said about this خلقكم, He is the one who created you فَمِنْكُمْ كَافِرٌ وَمِنْكُمْ مُؤْمِنٌ And from amongst you there are believers and then from amongst you there are also non-believers. And if mankind would come in accordance to what Allah loves there would be how many parts? There would be how many types? Please answer. If mankind, if they were to be brought on that which Allah loves, how many types they would be? How many? One. And if that would be the case, then the creation of heaven, of paradise, and of fire of hell, the wisdom behind its creation would be nullified. The wisdom behind their creation would be nullified and the jihad in the cause of Allah would be nullified and enjoining what is right and forbidding what is wrong would be nullified and the testing of the slaves would be also nullified Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا so that he may try you and test you as to those who are best in deeds. And from this therefore it becomes clear that there is no agreement between will and love. No agreement between will and love. They may converge concerning one thing and they may diverge as well 
the obedience of the slave in the obedience of the slave there is convergence tell me what it is tell me a convergence between what and what in the obedience of the slave there is, con- there is convergence of what there is meeting of two what are they in the obedience of the slave this is the question answer please in the obedience of the slave when the slave is obeying is obeying Allah then in this case what about the will and love in this case what did they converge or not there is a meeting of the two isn't it isn't it they converge there is a meeting of the two how, how do we understand this Allah loves obedience right Allah loves obedience and when the slave is, obe- is obeying Allah then the obedience occurred Allah willed it to occur now the other question what about when the person is disobedient is there convergence or divergence when the person is disobedient when he commits sin what about love there is divergence exactly Allah willed that to occur but he does not love it Allah willed for that to occur but he does not love it is that clear alright alhamdulillah so this is this is the case with respect to the love and the the will they may converge and they may diverge and that there is no imperativeness between the two and there is no imperativeness between the two this brings the end of the explanation of this hadith from Sahih al-Bukhari the book of Tawheed walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam